I'm Josh Lakash, and this is Wrong Opinion, a very special episode. It's free, very rare. Don't do that too often, but it's a free one. And I got to interview Cash Patel. If you don't know who he is, here's a video from the plot against the president. But also, he was the chief of staff to the Secretary of Defense under uh, Trump in, in the Trump administration. So pretty high up, smart guy, done a lot more than just that. And you'll find out in the interview. Here's that clip and then the interview. That's my sign off. And all of these things sort of started coming together in a very unusual fashion. I said, Devin, we're following the money. And I'm going to tell you right now that the DNC and Hillary paid for this. It was 9 a.m. on a weekday. And he literally looks at me. He goes, Cash, if you're going to start drinking this morning, get out of my office. It always goes back to the money. And it's the easiest thing to follow because you have to document it in some fashion or you got to move it in some way. We were able to, pursuant to the judge's authority, allow myself and one other colleague to visit banks, attorneys, and review in closed session the, the records. And we were not allowed to disclose it to anybody what we reviewed. And then finally, on the eve of the ruling of the court, Fusion disclosed that Christopher Steele had been paid by the DNC themselves. There were names that would eventually come out that were being paid by Fusion. Names now that are public, but at the time weren't, Nellie Orr. The wife of Bruce Orr was being paid by Fusion GPS. We would come to learn to do Russian intelligence information gathering and then submit it to the FBI. We were able to figure out that the attorneys Perkins Cooey were the attorneys for the DNC. Nellie had been working, Bruce's wife, had been working for Fusion GPS. The folks that Perkins Cooey paid $10 million to, and then they took that $10 million and played, paid Christopher Steele $168,000 to dig up dirt. They paid Nellie Orr, I think, $50,000 to do her research against the president and his daughter. And they fed all of that directly to the bureau who then used it in the FISA and in the investigation against the president. So now you've connected the money and the people and put the political party right in the middle of your opponent. It's outrageous. So I actually uh, yeah. didn't want to bring up- I have no social cash. media. I just have fight with fightwithcash.com. Yeah. And so, I read every message that comes in. So two questions. Mm -hmm. Why aren't you on social media? I mean, because your voice is- <laughs> you're, No, no, I mean, like, I-, I, I 
I, I sympathize. I, I, I think all these companies are pure evil, but it's kind of the, the best, unless they kick you off, it's the best way we're able to communicate with one another. Um, and sure. again, your, your voice, especially right now, is very important. Um, so I understand why you wouldn't want to give them your business because nothing is free. But, you know, sometimes you kind of have to. Or, or something yeah, like Telegram, no. you know. But, and, then, and then I wanted to know what specifically fightwithcash.com is. It, it, you're, you're, it, it's, a, it's part of a lawsuit. Or it's, it's about a lawsuit against the uh, tech or is it against Twitter? Uh, yeah, I'll break it down for you. So tackling, first of all, thanks so much for having me on. This is great. I would uh, swap places with you so you can come to the swamp and I can go where you are in a heartbeat, but yeah. uh, that's not realistic for today. Um, yeah, so look, social media, look, years ago I used to be on Facebook because I have an enormous family and they're all over the world. And it was a great way for me to keep up with them and see my nieces and nephews and cousins and everything like that. But it got to the point after I ran the Russiagate investigation that I was just getting so much personal attacks and I ran uh, for Devin Nunes. I was his lead investigator for the Russiagate hoax. We were the ones who figured out that Hillary paid for the dossier, then they corrupted the FISA court, and then they went up on President Trump. And long story short, as you short, as you know, go watch the plot against the president. If you haven't seen it already, it's, it's pretty much the best thing out there. But after that, I would just get mercilessly attacked on everything. And... <clears throat> I didn't want my family to have to deal with that. And it got to the point where basically I was getting defamed, not even just like called names, which is whatever I can, you know, I'm a hockey guy. I can take that. Right. But when you're coming after my family name. That's a, you know, that's a problem. And so they defamed me in, uh, during the whole Ukraine impeachment hoax nonsense. And so it got to the point where I had to clear my name. So I sued New the New York times, Politico and CNN for defamation. And, um, <clears throat> and everybody was like, Oh, get on Twitter. And I had, Fake people were faking impersonating me on Twitter. Hmm. Twitter was refusing to take them down. There's a fake Telegram account about me that, you know, when I speak at conferences, people come up to me like, we're following you on Telegram. I'm like, no, you're not. Yeah. Um, and so I just, and all those, all those platforms were like, well, just register with us and then we'll like certify you and, and, and not the other. I was like, no, that defeats, that defeats the whole point. Yeah. I don't want you to have my information and I don't want to help you guys. Uh, help me get defamed. So yeah. basically that led to uh, Devin Nunes and I, uh, he does this thing called the Freedom Tour, uh, where once a month he goes around the country, picks a different state and drops in, brings a big crowd. And we, we talk to a live audience. We play the plot against the president. And a lot of folks came up to us and would say, you know, Devin's also suing to clear his name. You know, we want to do that. They're like, I've been defamed. I've been deplatformed. How do we do that? And they were like, we don't have the money for it or anything like that. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to start fightwithcash.com uh, with a K. And basically what I've been doing is fundraising to help pay other people's lawyers for their defamation suits and for their being deplatformed. And that's the genesis of it. And then what, I, what we started to do with the website was, well, since we have a website, we put out all my content. You know, mm -hmm. if I do a TV interview, if I do a podcast or this interview and you want me to put it up there, I'll put it up there. And right. there's a way to directly message me me personally on fightwithcash.com. I read everything that comes in. And what we want to do is we want to raise as much money as we can to help everybody who says, I've been defamed. I don't have enough money for a lawyer. And I've got the lawyers for you. I found right. really good lawyers who will do it at a discount. And so we're reviewing already half a dozen cases around the country. And we're going to keep going. And that's, that's why I started it all. And that's why I, I don't do uh, social media. It is, it's, is it different than what President Trump is doing? A lot of conservatives 
um, uh, you know, on our side who, who are fans of Trump uh, mm-hmm. are kind of skeptical about his his lawsuit against big tech, his class action lawsuit, because a lot of people think that, oh, this is a way to harvest emails and do all of those kinds of things. And it's not really a real lawsuit. I mean, I don't know much about President Trump's uh, class action lawsuit, but um, mm-hmm. is it's 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 is it kind of similar at heart with what he's trying to do? Um, I think in terms that's a great way to put it. In terms of similar at heart, yeah. I mean, I used to work for President Trump at some pretty high levels. Um, we have a great relationship, and it's a little different. He's the president and I'm this like guy who was a government career guy. Um, but I think at heart, what he's doing is he's going after the big tech guys who are attacking everybody. I'm doing it at a smaller level mm-hmm. on a one-on-one basis. But what president Trump's doing is, Hey, you didn't just, you, you know, you didn't just screw me over. You screwed over millions of people who support me. So I'm going to have a bigger voice and a bigger gavel mm-hmm. and put together a class action lawsuit. Now, I'm not a legal expert. I used to be a prosecutor back in the day, but, um, I think that's at the heart of it. We're both saying enough's enough. Twitter, Facebook, Times, WAPO, CNN, fake news media. You can't keep getting away with it. And the only way these people will listen is if you get a court judgment against them for hundreds of millions of dollars. Then they'll get their attention and then you'll get your name vindicated. And I think we're running on parallel tracks on that front. Do you, do you think anything will come of it? Because it seems like, and I was talking about this on the podcast, I think yesterday or on Tuesday, but uh, it, it, it feels to me like they are way above the government already at this at this point, like they are way more powerful. And even if we wanted to break them up, even if we wanted to sue yeah. them, we wouldn't it wouldn't make a dent. And I, in, in my opinion, um, I think the only thing that will take down big tech is big tech in the sense that they have a cancer brewing within all their companies, which is the woke culture that they have. Yeah. I and mean, when you invite these people in, it's, it's going to slowly eat away at the culture of the company. So I think that to me is the only hope, but maybe I'm wrong. I think it's a combination of what you said, and you know, and and I haven't heard it, uh, you know, phrased as 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 eloquently as you just put it because most people dance around it. I think you're right. It is from within. You know, let's take this lady who just blew the lid on Facebook. You're right. It's from within. <clears throat> That's a great way to start, right? And hopefully, there's people that do it at Twitter and all the other ones. But another way to come at it is with these lawsuits that are public facing, attacking them from the outside. So. I think you're right. You got to go inside out and outside in and, and, you know, land in punches, whether it's, you know, ones, one, ones or twosies here and there. Uh, and then those start to add up. And so, you know, Devin Nunes has a bunch of lawsuits going for defamation. Um, he's got a much bigger platform, kind of like President Trump. And, I'm, you know, my platform's growing. But <clears throat> I think we all got to swing. And that's the whole point of Fight With Cash is because people want to swing but aren't. You know, 75 yeah. million people voted for President Trump. And I'm just surprised to learn that, you know, we haven't coalesced enough to get their get their causes of action heard. So I just said, you know what? I'm not in government anymore. I'm going to start it. I'm going to help you guys. Yeah. Okay. So you just mentioned the election you, briefly. You mentioned 75 million votes. Do you do? Because you, I think and many people like me think it's way more than that. Do you think it's more than that? Do you think Biden really got 81 million votes? Oh, man, I don't know. I'm not the election expert. I'm your national security guy. I'm your DOJ FBI. Your gut. What does your gut tell you? Your gut. I don't. It doesn't matter about like. It's just. What does your gut tell you? Uh, my gut tells me. Yeah, you know, it, we probably won, and there's just no way to prove it because it's such a massive minefield of state law lifting. I mean, look at what we're going through right across the country. With I can't even keep up with 
who's suing who for right. what election thing. And we don't have people in states that are strong enough to stand up to some of these things. So I just I just sort of uh, try to plan for the future. 2022, 2024. Right. And, and a lot of people are saying that those are irrelevant because uh, because we haven't really fixed the problem of 2020. I, I kind of agree with that. Um, and one really good example of that, because the Demo- they, the, 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 the Democrats, the, the global elite, they pretty much show us what they're going to do. They tell us what they're going to do. I mean, you could even right. watch old clips of of Bill Gates or old clips of Dr. Fauci. And they 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 have been pretty honest with us since the beginning of what they intend to do. So it's the same thing with the election stuff. Um, you know, we 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 give an inch, they take a mile. They they somehow found a way to kind of do a grassroots movement of fraud, mm-hmm. whereas it's not a it's not someone on the top calling the shots. So I'll give you an example. The the ballot harvesting, the the mail-in ballots and, and, and indiscriminately sending out millions across the country. So they said, oh, this is a one-time thing because of the coronavirus. Okay, fine. I mean, I don't believe you, but okay, fine. But then cut to a month ago, uh, Gavin Newsom basically signs it into law that it's forever. The mail-in ballots in California are forever. So what's to say other states won't follow, follow suit? And then we're in real trouble, you know, if this is just an ongoing thing. Yeah. And, and look, I think, again, one of the things I, I, I talk to people when I go around the country is they ask me about the election a lot, and rightly so. And I tell them, look, we have to we have to get a groundswell of support in states. There's nothing that can be done at the federal level about fixing the election right. issues because it's not a it's not a federal issue. It's a state issue. So you got to win governorship houses. You got to win state legislatures and you got to send people to state government that are going to help you fix it. And that's what I tell people. I'm like, that's what you need to be focused on right now. You want to address the voter fraud issues in your state, then go help. I don't know, donate, go help a campaign, a local person. You don't have to run yourself, but that's how you do it. I know it's a slow movement, but there are some states that are actually leading out on this because we already have the necessary people in there. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's a process that takes time. And, um, and here's the thing that I, I start telling people now, and that's what I'm planning for is the following. I'm going to go out there and hammer mercilessly. So we win so big in 2022 and 2024 that it doesn't matter about, you know, margins of victory or anything. The margin should be is going to be so big. And look, mm-hmm. the, the guy that's helping us the most right now is President Biden and it's a disaster of a presidency. Yeah. I mean, everything's in shambles. So America and it hasn't even been a year. No, if we get, it, it if felt we get like, around that. Yeah, yeah it, it felt, felt like, like it. So I, I think we have a strong message and we just got to keep getting people motivated to do something in their communities. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 agree, I agree with that. I, I mean, uh, a, a, a lot of people are kind of they, they, they kind of feel burned about the whole process. So I hope that they aren't yeah. so demoralized. And that's part of the whole plan. It's a big demoralization tactic it's Mm -hmm. it's a psyop it's psychological warfare i mean every day like you said you can't it's hard to keep up with everything that's going on and it's Mm -hmm. it feels to me like it's by design you know you're and and that it's kind of weird because it feels like it's by design an attack on the citizens but at the same time if you if you just look at and reflect president trump's four years that's exactly what was happening to him so a lot of people can have um, can nitpick and, and have criticisms about his presidency. Like, oh, he had a lot of uh, people in the swamp that were near him and, and he, he, you know, he shouldn't have fired General uh, Flynn and, and, and all these things. 
or, or you know, he, he didn't fire Dr. Fauci. It, 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 you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. but also you're, you're talking about someone who was dealing with, by design, an uh, onslaught of attacks from all mm-hmm. sides every day. And, it, and it's almost, mm-hmm. it's unlike any other presidency. And then on the flip side, you have President Biden, who, I, I mean, I always do air quotes with when I say president, I don't think he's legitimate. <laughs> and I, I don't think his, his administration is legitimate. Hence, they, they film everything on a stage across the street from the White House all the time, <laughs> yeah, like a QVC. Right. Yeah, it's like QVC. It's like shitty QVC, you know? I'm glad people are starting to pick up on that. I'm like, uh, where oh, did this thing come from? Where's this fake White House? It's really weird. And, and it's almost like they're allowing him to play president. So on mm-hmm. the flip side with his presidency, um, it's, he doesn't have an onslaught of attacks. I mean, a lot of people are chanting, fuck Joe Biden. But, you know, he's, he's, he's in a cocoon. He's protected. The media protects him. Everyone protects him. But again, by design, it feels like, yeah, his presidency is disastrous, but it seems like it's on purpose. I know I don't think there was a question in there, but I feel like I can hand that off to you. No, no, I get it. Look, you, you kind of sum it up with the way a lot of people feel. From, from, and our job is to get out there and motivate them and stay in the media and stay on TV and radio and podcasts and tell people what we're doing to counteract this, this, this crazy presidency that we, we now have. And I think at the core of all of it is what ticks off America more than anything else is two things, the lack of accountability and the hypocrisy. Right. And you're seeing that on full display on President Biden's fake White House stage um, every day that he gets out there to talk. They're saying there's a different set of rules for them because they're in charge and they govern and they're on the left versus everybody else who they govern over. They're, they're our overlords and there's a different set of rules for us. Then they say, OK, let's just take a couple of issues of the day, be it Afghanistan, the vaccine or what have you. We're going to we're going to totally be hypocrites on this front. We're going to let. 150,000 refugees in and not make them get COVID test or a vaccine. But our United States military special forces officers that I served with have to get a vaccine in order to protect this nation. I mean, just look at the underlying hypocrisy in that statement, not to mention the fact that none of these refugees got vetted on the front end before coming into into the United States. So we have no idea who's coming in. And I'm not saying they shouldn't be here. A lot of them should be here. They just got, you know, fled a war-torn nation, but we have a screening and vetting process to make sure criminals don't enter, um, terrorists don't enter, because the terrorists know those airlifts were happening. And I'm telling you, I was in counterterrorism for for a long time. Um, And that's how they infiltrate the United States of America. And we haven't even gotten to the southern border. So it's like, pick your topic, right? And you you see these two things on full display, the the hypocrisy of the Biden administration and the media, let's not forget them, their best friend, and also the different sets of rules. And that leads us into the whole, you know, John Durham Russiagate investigation. So, you know, we could talk about all that, but um, that's what I sort of take. Yeah, I do want want to get to that. But uh, I, I think we're past the point of hypocrisy in the sense that a lot of Republicans, a lot of conservatives like to point out how hypocritical these people are. And I think that's not effective. We're literally at war with these people. I mean, these it's 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 tre- like what a lot of these people are doing. Extremely treasonous. It's already mm-hmm. past the point of their being hypocrites. Um, for example, the the forced vaccinations on the people in the military. You, what that really is to me, maybe I'm wrong. What that really is to me is is uh, they're weeding out the disloyal people. A lot of people in the military, probably more m- more than uh, Democrats, a lot of people are are conservatives, um, and and it's almost like they want to weed mm-hmm. out and punish the people who 
were Trump loyalists, maybe not even Trump loyalists, but conservatives. And 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 it's a scary mm-hmm. thing. What like I can't imagine what the plan after that would be, but I've never seen anything like it before. I'm not old, but even through throughout history, it's not something you really see that much. Maybe I'm just stupid, but uh, I think that's kind of my gut feeling is they're trying to weed out all these people. And, and it's kind of like how aggressive the the Biden administration has been. You know, he, he liked to talk about unity a lot, but also I, you can't really take anything he says. Uh, you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt just because he doesn't know what he's saying. So he's talking about unity, but they're they're going after aggressively grandmothers who were at the January 6th thing like it's and, and, and trying to put them in prison basically for life. And then and then a, an example, I mean, you know, sorry, I'm on a tangent, but, you know, yesterday, there uh, two days ago, there was a school shooting in Texas. And then the next day, the kid is out. Yeah. He shot four people and he's out on a twenty five thousand dollar bond. And and, you know, we have people in the hole you know, in, in solitary confinement for January 6th. None of none of what's going on makes sense. And it seems like it's a direct attack. And that's why I say it feels like a war. It feels like they want to stamp all of us out. Yeah, that's what they're trying to do. And that's why we can't we can't let them win. Um, and look, and I and I and I agree with you on a lot of what you said. And I think um Part of the reason, and I'm not talking about the rhinos who point out the hypocrisy because they're they're the biggest hypocrites of all. Yeah. But I yeah, mean, yeah. we have to keep educating new class of Americans that 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 feel like you and I do on so many issues that not just saying it's hypocritical, but showing them over and over again, giving them the examples that they're doing. I mean, that's how you educate the next generation of people that need to lead this country. You gotta you gotta get out there and and tell them and. And, and show them. And that's what I'm trying to do. And I think that's what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's effective. It takes time. It takes time, you know, juxtapositioning, as you said, an event like January 6th with the Texas shooting, and then seeing how the defendants are being treated one versus the other is, is outrageous, especially a guy who used to be a former federal public defender and federal prosecutor. I don't understand how that system can be so arbitrary right now. <laughs> Yeah. And it needs to be fixed and it needs to be addressed and needs to be talked about. And of course, the only thing the left wants is the political narrative of January 6th to continue because uh, they don't want <laughs> they don't really have any narrative to win on. They're not winning on Afghanistan. They're not winning on the border. They're not winning on the economy. They're not winning on COVID except to say, basically, President Trump, COVID's your fault. And, the, yeah. you know, of course, the media is lapping it all up. So I think a lot of people are actually slowly coming around. Um, as I travel around the country, they're just like, wow, we were wrong. We didn't realize how bad um, this was. And we got to continue. Like I said, it's only 10 months in. It's scary that it's only 10 months in. But yeah. can you imagine what by the time we hit the midterms next year, how bad it's going to be? I I don't want to imagine because even though I'm here, <laughs> I plan on co- I plan on going back to the United States. You know, I don't want <laughs> although it's very beautiful here. I don't want to live here it my is. whole life. You know, I'm from America. I love the United States. And I hope it continues to be the best country in the world. It's just right now, especially that, like you said, the past 10 months has been such a, a mm-hmm. major psyop, major demoralization campaign. I mean, it, mm-hmm. every day, especially because I'm plugged in every day, what I'm witnessing is just uh, dreadful. It's good. It's good. I can separate it. And I hope a lot of people can separate yeah. what they are seeing happen and and uh, and, you know, still experience uh you know, good times with their family and, and, and all mm-hmm. because that's what really matters the most. And, and you, yeah. you know, that's what they want to dismantle first. I mean, they always attack religion. They always attack family first because that's what kind of holds countries together. Um, mm-hmm. 
but you mentioned the 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 Durham report, and I want to get to that in a second. But uh, you also mentioned pre- previously the plot against the president. I've seen it twice. Uh, I've interviewed Amanda Milius on this this podcast. She's yeah. very, 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 very smart. Um, what, what's what's amazing about that movie, and because it's almost like no one, no one in the mainstream really heard of you because you were kind of like working behind the scenes, and then we we saw what you and Devin Nunez were doing. And it's just it, it's impressive. And what the movie does very well is it takes a very convoluted, bizarre, crazy story like the Russia collusion hoax. And it kind of uh, condenses it into a very um, uh, what's it called? Uh, I don't know. Easy to consume uh, yeah. thing that just simplifies such a complex thing. And and it, it's, it's interesting because you, you mentioned it, it, it's going to take some people waking up. And for example, uh, Russell Brand, who's a very far left person on his show, on his on his YouTube channel just this past week or two weeks ago, was talking about how, oh, they were right. The, the, there was no Russian collusion. And, and, and it's almost like, yeah, dude, this is what we've been trying to tell you for the past four years. There has been. But so, so even people like him, who I guess he's open minded enough to admit that he was wrong and people like him were wrong. Um, but but then on the other side, it, it just it's kind of demoralizing. And I keep using that word that it feels like nothing is happening. And, and again, an example, General Milley, treason. And <laughs> the media is glowing about about him uh, going behind Trump's back, calling China. You know, I, I thought he was going to be like, oh, that's not real. I never said that. But he 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 said that he said that. And, 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 and with, a, with a smile on his face and everyone around the media saying how he's heroic and brave. I never knew treason was, was heroic. I never, being, I never knew that being treasonous <laughs> was heroic. So yeah. um, it feels like with, with the Russia collusion thing. And then I, I, I heard you talk about the, the Durham report that it's going to take time. But I mean, you know, every day we see all these people just doing the craziest things and nothing happening. Sure. No, I get it. Look, when I was chief of staff at the Defense Department and General Milley worked for us, I, you know, I understand. I, look, I've been out there leading the charge on, on national media saying that this guy has violated not only the chain of command, but defied a president of the United States. And for that alone, he should resign. I, I've been, I, I couldn't agree more with you on, on how uh, improperly and unethically General Milley has behaved. But, you know, the current administration um, is not going to remove him. Uh, because now, the, now of course, the media the media hated him when he walked across Lafayette Square with a <laughs> sidearm next to President Trump, and now the same media loves him. Hypocrisy, and that's all. It's a, that's all it is. Look, I believe General Milley's going to end up becoming the scapegoat for Afghanistan when Biden can't run away from it anymore, and they're going to hang it around his neck, and and they probably should because he's supposed to give giving advice, advice like don't give up Bagram, go get American hostages, don't leave our weapons in there. I mean, that's a whole nother story, but. You brought up, yeah, look, the plot against the president and the Durham report is something I'm intimately familiar with. When I was running the Russiagate investigation for Chairman Nunes, um, you know, we did a couple of things. We interviewed 60 people under oath. I took 60 depositions and we also got a lot of documents. I said, hey, we got to follow the money. Somebody paid for this hoax. Bank records are bank records. They speak for themselves. And all of it is so wonderfully put together in the plot against the president, as you said, by Amanda Milius. That's what we wanted. We wanted to tell the American people about the biggest political scandal in U.S. history and criminal conduct in U.S. history. And yet that's what you have to do. You got to start educating the public, even the ones like Russell Brand. Mm-hmm. 
who at the time, like everyone else in the world, was calling me and Devin Nunes lunatics and treasonous actors and liars. Yeah. It turns out we were right because the only thing Devin and I would talk about as we agreed from the beginning was the facts. And we wouldn't tell the American public, we would show them. We would give them the documents. We would declassify the material. And the movie does a wonderful job summing it all up, which leads us to, to John Durham. And look, having been a former federal prosecutor, I used to prosecute terrorism cases. I worked on cases that took three, four, five years long just to put together. And I know that's a long time. And I know John Durham's been at it for two years and he only has two indictments. But what I'm trying to tell people is, look, if you look at the Sussman indictment, his latest indictment, a 27 page indictment, something that normally us prosecutors would have done in two pages, he wrote 27 pages on. Why? He's educating the public as to what he's doing and who he's looking at. It's a tool we use as prosecutors when we're bringing large scale conspiracy cases. You get the first couple of guys in, you tell people so it's not a surprise down the road when you get, you know, who I believe are the biggest bad actors, the fusion GPSs of the world, the Glenn Simpsons of the world, Christopher Steele, Mark Elias, right? Jake Sullivan's in the crosshairs now. If you look at the indictment and the Sussman thing, um, or the, the Sussman work, I took the deposition of Sussman that John Durham cites in the indictment to say he lied because we knew back then what the truth was. Mm -hmm. I did the same thing with Jake Sullivan. Jake Sullivan's got the same problems. He's now the national security advisor to the president of the United States. I think John Durham's looking at all these guys um, because you don't issue a 27 page indictment for lying to the FBI if you're just going to be like, OK, I'm done now. And so I just urge the American public to say, look, these things take time. It would have taken me four years to put together a conspiracy case like mm -hmm. this. You know, he's much better skilled than I am. He has much more resources than I do. And I think in the next three to you know, two, four, five months, you're gonna see a lot of activity out of John Durham. And so I'm gonna keep talking about it. I talk about it relentlessly on my show, Caster's Corner, uh, which is over on Epoch Times. I post everything I do. Uh, uh, with your permission, I'll post this podcast on sure. fightwithcash.com. Sure. I'm just trying to do what you're doing, like educate people. Like you don't have to come over to the site and donate. Just look at the content. Mm -hmm. And here's the other thing I did through my media rep the other week. I actually asked to go on Russell Brand's show and tech to him about the Russiagate scandal. Yeah. Let's see if he. Uh, let's see if he. Uh, if he if he sees it, I'm sure he would be open to it. Yeah, I think so. So so I'm. I hope you're right about the Durham stuff. Uh, again, I'm still a little bit pessimistic. You know, as I get it, as many are. Um, do you still have faith in the system? You were in the system. Do you still have faith that the system can work properly? I mean, things have gotten so bad. Do you have faith that things can be turned around? I mean, look, I thought that that having Trump in there was was our last shot. And and I mm -hmm. thought, oh, second term, he's going to do whatever he wants. He doesn't have to focus on elections or anything like that. He's going to go right. balls to the wall. And I was so excited yeah. for it. And it, for, for example, uh, yeah, for example, Joe Kent, uh, I interviewed him as well. And I'm, I'm very excited about his candidacy uh, or, or his his run um and yeah. and and joe was telling me that he was supposed to have i think a cia job or, or no no a job within the administration if there was a second term so i mean i think he's qualified to be president how about that you know to have someone like that in the administration that would have been amazing so i thought that this uh the trump presidency was the last hope and now it seems like oh we're never i'm talking about the the powers that be oh we're never going to allow trump to happen again we're never going to allow any of this to happen again so do you have faith in the system still yeah and i you probably think i'm crazy and and it and, and it goes to what you were saying look joe kent great guy we're supporting him out in washington state 
um, uh, heavily and uh, hopefully pulls out the W out there. But that's Joe Kent's an example of our bench. Our bench exists. People are like, how do we fix this? You fix it with personnel, right? Mm -hmm. And we didn't have the right personnel in the first two years of the Trump presidency. And so I think the bench exists. I've always thought it exists. We just failed to identify them. So when you win in 2022, like Joe Kent will, and when you win in 2024, like I hope President Trump will, then you come in and they know the mistakes that they made in the past that cost us two years of his first presidency. You have to have not just the right principal, cabinet level officers, the deputies, the chiefs of staff, the undersecretaries, the assistant secretaries, and we have that bench. We do. We just didn't pick them. And when you put those people in charge to execute the commander in chief's mission, Trump's mission, then yeah, I think the system will work because look, I've worked at the DOJ, the DOD. I've been in, in the intelligence. I've led the intelligence community as a deputy director of national intelligence, and I ran counterterrorism for White House. So I've kind of seen it all. And the the ninety eight percent of the folks I worked with, at least on the national security and law enforcement front, will do the job. They do the job. It's you saw who corrupted it. It's the Comeys. It's the McCabe's. It's the Strzok's. Right. It's the Clappers. The Brennans. Look at these names. These are the top level government officers corrupting the mission of the United States. And in order to fix that, you got to win. So we got to win in 2022. And then we'll start conducting more oversight investigations like we did of Russiagate. It's not the last one to come. When we take the chairmanships back on the House and Senate, we'll have some pretty good guys like the Devin Nunes and Jim Jordan of the world running some pretty serious investigations. And then that runs into 2024 and, and uh, we got to do everything we can to win. I mean, I, I, I hope you're right. I, with, with these things, I always hope I'm wrong. You know, like the, the, that pessimism. <laughs> I always hope I'm wrong because I, I do want the country to succeed. Um, but, it, but again, it like, it, it feels like a lot of things are being done deliberately. Like I'll give you an example. Uh -huh. You know, we moved out here a month ago. Um, we put our stuff in a shipping container and we're never going to get it. <laughs> we're never going to get our stuff here. <laughs> we're never going to get it. And, and, and we're being charged every day, you know, they're charging yeah. us for, for their mistakes, you know, for them mm -hmm. not moving the, sh the shipping boats and all that. Uh, and, and, and it, again, it just seems like it's done on purpose. You know, I was going to ask you a question. Who do you think the biggest enemy of the United States is? And that was almost a trick question because my answer is that it's from within. Our enemy is from within yeah. because it is China, but China, it's almost as if China's kind of like allowing us to operate right now. They're like, oh, the, the commies in the United States have completely taken over. We'll let them do, yeah. you know, whatever they want. A hundred percent. I would, I, if I were China, I'd be like, Hey, thanks for doing our job for us better than we ever could. They're just going to sit back and watch and eat popcorn and yeah. watch the social woke crazies destroy America. It's the best operation that they could ever run. Yeah. And and I agree with you on that. They're, they're, and that's not just them. It's the Russians. They're doing the same thing. And it's hurting us not just at home, but overseas, too. So. It's a, it's a bad mix, but that's what I keep telling people about. Like, I, like you said, I, I keep running into people who are like quietly like, okay, you guys were right. Mm -hmm. I was wrong. And I said, okay, it's not about right and wrong. It's about educating people to get to the right spot and now go do something about it. And mm -hmm. I think we have that momentum building. And I think every day that Biden speaks or Kamala Harris says anything, um, the American public quietly realized, wow, we really got this one wrong. And 
And I do have faith that we are going to win in 22 and 24. We are going to fix this stuff. And we just got to keep hammering them. So, so you've been fairly close with President Trump. And a question that I and many people have is, and you mentioned that the first two years were kind of rocky, uh, considering there was a lot of members of the swamp within the cabinet, and that it took a couple years to clean that up. I don't even think it was fully cleaned by the time he was in his final year. But um, why do you think, was it deliberate to keep these people close? You know, like Sun Tzu, keep, keep your enemies close type of thing? Yeah. Keep your friends close, your enemies um, closer? Um, or, or is it is it just, it's, it's um, it could, sorry, it's just, I'm a, a little all over the place. You know, it seems like, the barrage of attacks that he was getting that I mentioned before and in, 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 in that it was by design, it was almost designed yeah. to shell shock him in, in uh, kind of take away that power. Like, oh, you think you're president? You're not president. Kind of like JFK. Oh, you think you're president? Well, we'll, we'll show you. Or even Reagan in the first couple of years, he was president. And then they, you know, something happened. Um, do, do you think that they kind of by design didn't allow him to operate properly like what what's to say the, the the swamp won't kind of immerse themselves within the administration again i think it's two things so one i think and this is one of the biggest lessons the trump administration learned was they were all new to government his inner circle right they had never been in government so they thought change the ceo and a couple of the top executive vps and the um, U.S. government will run like Trump org does. And that just that's just not the case. You have to put your personnel in and get him right. And some of the, and look, he got some of the personnel he was putting in wrong, like the Rosensteins, like the Chris Rays of the world. You know, those were terrible decisions that hurt him forever. So I think they learned that the deep state does exist, but it doesn't exist. This is what I've been trying to tell people at the middle level or at the lower level. We showed it during the Russiagate hoax to exist at the very, very top, at the top and the deputy level. And we have to put the right principles, the right cabinet officers and deputies in the next time we go in. And I think that's a lesson they have learned to have the right people there. Because if you look at who crippled his presidency and to answer the second part of your question, who um, who's going to stop him and say, you're not the actual president. Uh, we're going to we're going to save America from you. It's the same crew of people. It's mm -hmm. the same group. It's the same Comey's, McCabe, Strzok, Chris Ray's, Rod Rosenstein's. It's the same mainstream media that they leak classified information to. It's the same Gina Haspels of the world. So it's this, the good news is it's the same set of people. And the better news for America is these crazy, crazy people that ran these uh, departments and agencies who thought they would save the president from or save America from the president, as if they had a right to even do that, um, won't be there next time. And that's what you need. And, and, I'm, and I'm telling you, having run some of the biggest, I, I ran the largest organization on planet Earth, the Department of Defense. And I also ran the intelligence community for President Trump. And I'm telling you, if you put the right people in place, you can get stuff done. Rick Grinnell and I did at ODNI, mm -hmm. and we were getting stuff done at DOD. And like you said, if we had another four years, it was going to work. Like mm -hmm. we had it, we had it, we had it geared up to go. And we just have to hit pause for four years, but uh, who, who do you come back strong? Who do you think Trump's going to pick for VP? Oof, I don't know. Um, I'd love for him to take a look at uh, Senator Tim Scott out of South Carolina or somebody like that. 
but it's three years away. It's a political lifetime. And um, I don't think he's going to even announce whether he's running for president or not till at least after the midterm. Yeah. But there's some great there's some great choices out there. A lot of good governors out there. We've got again, we have a great bench. We really do. Uh, even for that VP role. So, uh, you know, we'll see. But uh, I'll continue to give him my opinion whether he takes it or not. Yeah. Do you, do you think there's any credence to a 2022 run and then, you know, become Speaker of the House or anything like that? No, no, no. No, look, I, you know, I it's mean, an interesting it's, fantasy, though. It's it's nice and, and, and <laughs> it's fun to talk about. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what people forget is you don't have to actually be in Congress to be Speaker of the House. You can just be a regular Joe and be elected to the, be the Speaker of the House. Uh, but that's it's it's fun to talk about, but it's just not. Yeah, it's not a reality. You know, we need we need Congress and we need the White House. And realistically, the only guy that's going to come in and win the White House in 24 is if he runs as President Trump. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think you I think he will run. What do you yeah, I to, to totally switch gears? There has been a, a trend uh, within the media. And then I guess it trickles down from there where just the average people start talking about it. And again, it's a, it's another kind of fantasy. So the 2022 Trump run is kind of a nice fantasy. And then on the flip side, a horrible fantasy that a lot of people are starting to think about is something called national divorce or even civil war. What do you think about that? Because again, it's not coming from the, the ground up. It's top down. It's, it's, it's coming from the media. They're, they're starting to talk about it. And it's almost like they like to show us their hands. They like to show us what their, what their next move is. Do you think that there's something nefarious at play? Do you think that they want to disrupt the country in that sort of way? Do you think that it's, I think, it's possible? I think many in the media are doing everything they can to save the Joe Biden presidency by putting out more and more lies and more and more false information. And I don't think that's going to stop because journalism is totally bankrupt now. There's very few outlets with any credibility. There's very few authors. There's very few people like uh, uh, on TV and on podcasts, on radio um, that are willing to get out there and say the truth because these journalists and the mainstream media, all they care about is seeing their name on the headlines and getting interviews and writing books and making sales. You know, that's not what journalism used to be. It used to be if the president of the United States did something wrong, we would report it. Right. You know, if even CNN would report it. And and I think that's that's a long term project that unfortunately is going to take extensive, extensive amounts of effort to change. And I do think they're going to continue their corrupt practices. The more and more we show them to be wrong, they're going to dig in. It's not that CNN is going to wake up tomorrow and be like, oh, you guys were right. You know, we're going to change overnight. You know, you can't do that when you have the lunatics that they put on TV nonstop. And um you know, when you have the Adam Schiff's of the world and the AOC's running around out there um, saying basically just pumping out misinformation to the world. But the and uh, yeah, specifically the national divorce thing uh, that, that's like it's a it's a specific thing that they're pushing. And is there uh, do you think that there's a reason for that specific um, narrative that they're pushing? You know, national divorce um, or civil war or, you know, it's it's kind of bizarre because that used to kind of be on the fringes, you know, even even something like California breaking up into five different states, uh, it, it, that 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 sort of kind of fringe thing where people kind of fantasize about that, but it's not taken seriously. So it's this this sort of thing is now being put in the mainstream. Yeah, I think, look, I think it goes in the same category as anything fringe, right? Like things that you would believe would never 
happen in the United States, right? The Green New Deal, socialism, right? right? Anything like, so they're looking for, it used to be you couldn't say a headline like that because people would call you out. And what they've done is they've broken through like on all these topics we're talking about and they've Mm -hmm. made it acceptable to start lobbing them into the mainstream um, to digest. And I think that's so hurtful for America. And um, I I, I think at least half the country realized the wrecking ball that's coming if they keep doing that. And um, the other half is just going along with it because they're saying, ah, we can get away with it. We could just hide behind the wrecking ball. Mm -hmm. But um, I think at some point that 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 ball is going to hit a wall and uh, people are going to be like, well, okay, I'm making less money. I can't take care of my family. Why is that? Why is my community? Why is criminal activity skyrocketing? Why do I have to get a covid vaccine? Why am I being told what I can can and can't say at a parent teacher conference because the FBI is now there? I think these things are adding up really, really fast. And yeah. I'm going all over the place, but you mentioned the COVID vaccine. That's one of the things, you, you know, when people like to point out that that Trump is a cult leader and, and his followers are, are are in a cult and all that. I go, yeah, but that's not true. Watch one of his full rallies. And whenever he mentions the vaccine, the crowd boos. So it's not like they, they yeah. hang on to yeah. every word and they love everything he says. And he knows that the, the audience hates it. He knows that his base hates it. Why does he keep talking about it like it's a positive thing? Like none of us like it, especially with how they no, weaponized look- it with, you know, they weaponized it with the passports, the mandates the you know, and, and the shutdowns. Look on this one, you know, you know, I, I agree with I agree with my old boss. Look, I'm not one and neither is he to mandate the vaccine, right? Yeah, that was never going to happen. That was never going to happen under his presidency. Yeah, but we had the biggest plague since the Black Death in 100 years affect the world. So to recommend, you know, and President Trump under his leadership created a vaccine in six months. And just to put that in perspective, it took us seven years to develop a polio vaccine. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think it's the right move to say this is available for everyone who wants to take it. It should be an option. I agree with that. And so that's yeah, what he's saying, and I think it, that's if they what, want it. If they want it, and that's all he's saying, I, I think at the rallies, and I get it that, that that it's a hyper issue. But I'm with, I, you know, I'm with him on that one. Like we're not going to mandate it, but I tell people, look, I think everyone should get it if you want it, um, and it's, we should make it available. But I'm not going to force you to take it. And I understand it's a touchy subject, but that's where I kind of end up on that. Yeah, I mean, it, under his presidency, under his leadership, the I feel like. Um, they Trojan horsed this thing, this this virus, and they were able to accomplish a lot of things that worked against him. And I, I wonder if he if he recognizes that, like someone like Dr. Fauci isn't a well-liked person, especially now that we got to know him. You know, in the beginning, we didn't really know who he was. So nobody people, did. Huh? Nobody knew who that guy was. You know? No. Yeah. He was just yeah. some guy that's been there forever. So we're, we were like, OK, well, we'll listen to him. Did did Trump have any um inkling that this guy was not to be trusted because now the mask is off we know what the plan is we know what they're yeah. doing um like let's say trump was to to win in 2024 would he fire him right away you think uh look i i've learned a long time ago not to uh, speak for the for <laughs> for president trump on, on on many matters um i would i would recommend to him that what i said to you earlier personnel matters mm-hmm. and if you don't trust the Fauci's of the world or anyone anyone in positions of authority, get rid of them all and replace them with people you can trust because it's too important. So that's that that it's the same vein that we've been talking about, whether 
it's Fauci or the CIA or FBI or DOJ or DOD, you got to put in the bench that plays for you, the commander in chief who was elected to run this country and not anyone else. You can't put in the opposition. So rather, let's just let's just play a game rather than speak for him. Let's say you were in control. How, how, what's our way out of? <laughs> yeah, like what would you do to get us out of this mess? Because I don't want to say in, on this podcast what I would do, for instance, with General Milley as an example, but there needs to be some severe punishments for many people. Like we were talking about the media and the fake news. The fact that they can just say whatever they want and, and it does have negative repercussions um, with, with, within the whole country, you know, it, because they're doing it knowingly. It's one thing to, to say something by mistake and it c- turns out to not be true, but they're lying on purpose and there's no repercussions. So, like, what would you do if you were in power and, and, and it was your job to get us out of this mess? What, what would you do? Wow, that's a that's a great question. And I'll answer it. And, and I. And I think I'll, I'll ask to leave it there because I have to. I have to get uh, totally fine. To deal with totally all this fine. other stuff. Um, so look, I would do what I've been. I've been advising people to do on TV, on national media, and everything. Right? There's a chain of command that you have to respect. Look, <clears throat> I worked under the Obama administration as a national security prosecutor. I got my marching. Or- I gave them my opinion. I got my marching orders, and I and I followed the chain of command. I was a targeter with our special forces units under the Obama administration. And we would present targets that we wanted to kill or capture or whatever, and they would give us a decision and then check, you know, chain of command. I want to instill that responsibility back by leadership who follows the chain of command into the U.S. government. That's where I'd start. Then I'd start with putting in people at the leadership positions that have actually demonstrated a willingness to not only follow the chain of command, but the policies by the duly elected president. Mm-hmm. You cannot have people in there who think they're going to save the country from the duly elected president by leaking to the media. Um, one of the things we have to fix is leaks of classified information. One of the things we have to fix is a DOD who's, who isn't um, so horrified by their leadership because they're worried about white rage and white supremacy instead of terrorism and right. international terrorism and hostages and narco trafficking and arms trafficking. What happened to all those issues? These people exist. Um, I know them. I worked with a lot of them. I could probably name a hundred, you know, in an hour. And those are the folks that personnel is policy. I hate using old silly adages, but man, in this time, especially in an administration that needs to change the course of America, you have got to put people out there who are going to boldly follow you. Um, And also here's the key point. And I did this a lot too. I disagreed with the president and I gave him my advice. And I told him, I think this is what we should do in this theater of war, or this is what we should do with this terrorist target. And he would say, well, Cash, I disagree with you. And I'd say, got it. That's the chain of command. You can't have just a bunch of yes men. I'm not saying that at all. You got to have people courageous enough to follow the chain of command, implement the president's policies, but also say, sir, here's the evidence. Here's the information. Here's my opinion. And sometimes, and look, President Trump is, is an individual who's not just hard set in one way. If you give him the evidence and the information, he's changed his mind. He's mm-hmm. changed his positions. And that's what you want in a leader. That's yeah. how you want him to act. And and that's how I'd go about it, man. Um, I don't know if anyone's going to listen to me, but that's, that's what I would do. No, but it's still, it's still good. It's still interesting. Yeah. No, they will. They'll listen to you. They'll, in 2024, <laughs> you're going to be back up in there um, and, and they'll listen to you. 
No, I appreciate you having me on, and I appreciate you letting me talk about the plot against the president. And any support your guys, your viewers can go to fightwithcash.com with a K. We'd yeah. love to hear from you. We'd love the support, and uh, we'll, we'll keep the mission going. I'll put that. I'll put that link in the description, and I am going to release this for free. And I, I, I will send you um, the link to it after if you want that you yes. can put on. Yeah, you can you can host it on there as well. That'd be great, and I'll and I'll get it out to a lot of a lot of folks who actually have tremendous social media following so they'll help push great it out great too. awesome thank you i really appreciate it nice to meet you as well yeah thanks man appreciate you if you time. surf if you surf you can come down here you can stay with us oh be careful be careful you might see me soon <laughs> you're more than well i'm not kidding you're more than welcome to come Haco beach costa rica you can come uh, i love it thanks man i maybe if not there we'll, we'll, we'll get on the ice soon together De definitely thanks brother see ya Bye. Bye. I won't hurt you. I won't hurt you. I won't hurt you. Strike me with your lightning, bring me down.